Welcome to the Joint Dynamics Intelligent Movement Series podcast, an ongoing discussion with experts in the fields of health, fitness, and performance, sharing the science and their tips and tricks that have the goal of taking your health from where you are to where you want it to be. Welcome back to the Joint Dynamics Intelligent Movement Podcast. My name's Andrew Cox. I'm one of the owners and directors here at Joint Dynamics in Hong Kong. And today I'm with one of the owners or the owner and director of Mindful Wing Chung here in Central. His name's Nima King. Hey, Nima. How are you? Hey, mate. Thanks for having me on. Good. Thank you. So your art that you've been practicing now for a long time, you can tell us the story, is Wing Chung. Yes. Wing Chung. So what what are the origins of Wing Chung? So it's a form of Kung Fu and um, it's, it's... not, it's undecided exactly where it came from, but the story that um, most people seem to agree on is that it's about 300 years old, and it was invented by a Chinese uh, nun, um, and she was one of the five elders of the Shaolin Temple, and she was you know, very proficient in different forms of Kung Fu, and the story goes that as she got older, um, she was getting weaker, She was and, and being a lady as well, she wasn't that strong, so as she was losing her strength, she sort of came up with this art um, to be able to have it so you know it's a very compared to other forms of kung fu like there's no very high kicks and um and uh, sort of flowery movements so it's a very efficient art for self-defense efficient in terms of the movements Mm. and also efficient in terms of how um power is developed which i'll go into a little bit uh later on and and we can sort of attribute that to its origins coming from a matriarch, which is so cool, isn't it? A, yeah. a, a lady, and as she aged, she had to develop to be effective with this style of movement and, and martial art, Kung Fu. Yes. And that led to the, the lineage that you're now practicing. Yes. That's such a cool story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know her name? Uh, her name was Moi. Moi. Moi, yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. And is there is there a lineage of her family by any chance? You know, yeah, like so she, the Gracies in, BJ, in, in BJJ, is there a... Well, she, she taught, uh, again, the way the story goes. And the, the reason why, even though it's only 300 years old, um, it's not perfectly documented because back in the day, um, you know, uh, if you were... There was a period where if you were doing Chinese medicine, Kung Fu and stuff like that, um, you would get... You would get killed for it. So they would apparently kill uh, you, the generation above you, and the generation below you. So things were very strict. So people were very secretive about learning who their master was, and nothing was written. You know, so during those those days, things was very, um, yeah, very secretive for that reason. So that's the reason why, why you know people can't exactly find out what it is. But I would say 90% of the Winchun world uh, believes in the story that, that I'm, I'm saying. And, yeah, so the story goes that she taught uh, another lady, and her name was Yim Wing Chun, and that's where the name Yim Wing Chun comes from. So she was um, uh, she was forced to marry um, a, a local warlord, and the story goes that she said, if I can beat you in a fight, in a hand-to-hand combat, I don't have to marry you. And she was trained by Moy. It's it's a it's a nice sort of storyline for a movie, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> she was trained by uh, Moy, and then she defeated the guy, and then she taught her husband, and then the lineage can be then traced down to 
uh, Yip Man. So he's the most famous, probably, Wing Chun master. Yeah, the guy that taught Bruce Lee. The guy that the taught original. Bruce Lee, yes. And there's a lot of movies now that have come up. Mike Tyson was in one of them. Yeah, was that number three? Man number three? three, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so so it's, it's become a lot more famous. But yeah, Bruce Lee's the guy that started um, started with uh, Yip Man when he, was, when he was a teenager. And now let's talk about your introduction, your... Teacher, is it a teacher? Seafood? What do I say? Yeah, yeah. My he's fun? my teacher. He's my, he's teacher? actually my grandmaster. So he's uh, on paper he's my master's master. Yeah. But he's my teacher. He's the guy that taught me. I was with him for 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 around a decade. Um, and so he started in 1951. So this is a few years before Bruce Lee started. He was older than Bruce Lee. He was the third uh, official student of Yip Man in Hong Kong. And he, the third official student of it. Wow. Yes, yeah. So, and he started, once Yip Man started teaching, within three months of Yip Man teaching, he started. Um, and he was watching the first three months. He was watching Yip Man teach the um, original two students. One of them is uh, Leung Sheng, one of them is Lok Yu. So he was there. Yip Man was teaching in, in, uh, in the Restaurant Workers Union in Hong Kong. Yeah. That's the place he was renting to teach, and he was actually living there as well. And my teacher, his name is Choi Shang Tin, he was a secretary there. So he was just sitting and he had nothing to do. And so he would just watch this, <laughs> this little guy. Yip Man was very small. He was a tiny guy. And Long Chong was a big guy. And he was just watching this little guy throw around these, uh, these two big guys. And he was just fascinated by it. And, um, and after three months, they said, look, you, you're watching all the time. You seem interested. You should start. And then he started. And then actually, because both Yip Man and Choi Sun Tin had left the mainland, they had no family here. Um, they weren't originally from Hong Kong. Uh, they suggested, why don't you just live together? So he actually ended up living with Yip Man for five years. So wow. he was the main teacher at that time. So, you know, as when Bruce Lee started that, Choi Tin was the main teacher. And the way when traditionally Yip Man wouldn't really teach, he would just sort of sit down and have a cigarette and the seniors <laughs> were the ones who would the teach. Godfather the godfather overlooking yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. So, um, so, yeah, I was very, very, very lucky to be able to um, train under him directly. Can you tell us about that? Because your heritage, you're, you're from Iran. You yes. were born in Iran and moved to Australia at what age? Yes, I was born in Iran, Shiraz, and I was uh, during the Iran-Iraq war. Um, I remember the bombs, you know, the sirens going really? off. In the BA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, There's uh, motivation to learn how to look after yourself, mate. Although yeah. I'm not sure you can punch your way a bomb. A bomb. <laughs> anyone on the ground. Yeah. yeah, but the parents would make it into a game when the sirens would go off. We'd just run back home and stand under the door frame. I don't know if that really? was... Really? Yeah, how old yeah. were you? So I was I was born in it and uh, I was there until ten years old. Jeez, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was um and I was you know so then at ten years old my dad uh, was able to uh, we were able to run away basically. My dad was sponsored by his he was a university teacher to go and get his PhD in Australia. Um, what a legend and, your old man is to be able to like, talk about looking after your family, doing yeah. everything you can, getting yeah. out of a war zone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hi-fi. What's your dad's name? Uh, Hamid. H A M I D. There's there's Hamid. a lot behind that as well. So yeah, he was he was good in that sense, but there's a lot that's maybe for another podcast about what happened there yeah. um, with the old man. But but yeah, so we went there and uh, couldn't speak a word of English and um, fresh off the boat, you know, like <laughs> Iranian haircut, no money, like at the crazy crazy poverty. Like yeah. everything in our house, we had a, you know a shoebox apartment. Everything in our house was from. Council cleanups, you know. Yeah. Where, where did you land? Sorry, to, to, to Sydney. Sydney, yeah. In on. Sydney, yeah. yeah. So, um, and because he had a student visa, he wasn't allowed to work, and he was being supported by the uh, university, which was nothing, yeah. the money. So we were like, it was extreme, extreme poverty. Yeah. Um, and, and which was more motivation to work hard and to try to study hard and, and mm. be persistent with stuff. And um, and yeah, so then at age of fourteen, I um, 
I, I was getting into a lot of fights at, at, at school, on the streets, but initially because we couldn't speak English, people were picking on us, me and my mm. brother, and then... How old your bro? Younger or older? He's two and a half years older. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, so started to get into a lot of fights, and I'm like, I better learn how to defend myself. Yeah. And then back in those days, no internet, so I had the yellow pages, the book, open the yellow pages, and I'm... And, in my little 14-year-old mind, I thought, I'll pick the biggest, brightest ad because that means they're the most successful. And it just happened to be um, Jim Fong's Wing Chun Academy. And I had no idea that that was what Bruce Lee did. So I just went there, um, and then that's how I started. That's how I started. What, what was the name of that place? Uh, Jim Fong. His, the teacher's name was Jim Fong. And where was he from? So he was from Hong Kong. So yeah, he brilliant. trained under my teacher when he was a teenager as well. Yeah. And then he moved to Adelaide. Opened a big school. By the time I joined, his, he had about 60 branches around Australia. Wow. It was biggest. It was big. It's like thousands and thousands of students. And how long did you train under his tutorage? So I was there until I met George um, until uh, I was around 21 is when I came to Hong Kong. So I was there and I was teaching for him. I became one of the main teachers at his place. I took over a branch that was yeah. um, that was dying out. And you know, they want to close it. It was a branch in North Sydney. Um, and, um, and I told him, well, will you let me take it over and, and try it? You know, I was, a, I was a kid. I was young. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, all right. And then, yeah, in one year, ended up being the, the most improved branch. And he's like, okay, good, great work. And then I met uh, his teacher came for a seminar. And when I met him, like literally two weeks later, I was in Hong Kong. Because this guy, man, he was – so to put things in perspective, the guy was back then 70 – um, and he was 61 kilograms, about the same height as me, about 170 centimeters, you know, small, tiny Chinese guy and, and very, you know, all smiles and, and all of that. He'd come in, like you bow at him and he'd bow lower, you know, he was just very, 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 um, humble, you know, and, uh, in a seminar and I was doing weights back then and I was a bouncer back then. So I was, I was bouncing at King's Cross, which back then was a was a serious place yeah. to, to be to be working security um so you know i was like a you know oh, i'm a tough guy you know <laughs> that sort of mentality from, from my little 20 year old brain brain and then when i when i met him he's like okay can i get a um volunteer to come up so i can show some stuff okay i'll put my hand up went up there and he goes okay so i want you to hold as hard as you can and he places his arm on top of forearm to forearm contact places arm on top of my arm and he said okay hold hard and then as he was talking, he's like, yeah, so I, and he, and he wasn't speaking in English, so I was sort of waiting for the translator to talk. He was like, yeah, so, and he, whatever he was saying, and he just moved his arm down around 20 centimeters, and I, I felt like someone had dropped like 50 kilos on my arm. I had my whole body move down with it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and initially I wasn't holding as hard as I could, because I'm like, you know, he's an old guy, there's like 50 guys around. <laughs> and then... I said, oh, oh, hold on, try again through the translator. And I really held because I was like, that's ridiculous. And then he had it, he looked at me up and down, saw that I'm holding harder, <laughs> had a little smirk, and he said, I'm going to go a bit faster this time. I said, all right. And then he went faster, and I, he actually hit me. I, I had to, I went to my knees to stop myself from hitting the ground. That's the kind of power he had. At a seven year old. Yeah. And my, my, you know, and I was like, I was just in shock. As I was talking, I was just like, you know, in shock. And then, as I said, two weeks later, I decided that this is the guy I need to train because what I was learning in Sydney was not that. Was yeah. good. Was good for self defense. Was good. You know, they talked about relaxation, talked about good biomechanics and stuff, but it was not. No one, you know, was doing even anything close to that. 
So I was like, yeah, I have to train with were, were you at a stage of your own learning where you were starting to look outside for, for other influence to teach you or this guy just turned up at this the right This guy just turned so up. So you, you right were time. stoked the way that you were going yeah. and then all of a sudden this guy that just was the next level Yeah, and yeah. you just went, I need to learn from this guy. It's almost like it was a different thing, different martial yeah. art. It was like, it was not... And, you know, before he came, people were talking about people that had met him come to Hong Kong back in the day in the 90s. Um, and they were talking about how he was, and I was like, "Yeah, you know, you exaggerate. You know, when you yeah. when you look up to someone, you exaggerate the story." So I wasn't really buying into it. Um, but yeah, when I felt it, I was like, "This is something completely different." You know. So you're running, you're running a studio, you're running a, a kung fu teaching um, business in North Sydney. Yeah. You shut it down. You're like, "That's it." So yeah, that I, was I'm a- going all in, or you said, "Look, I'll just go for two weeks and I'll come back and." I'm going for a holiday. Or you just knew. Like, so that was, a, that, was a branch, that was a branch of Jim Fung School. So it wasn't yeah. mine. I yeah. was sort of running it for him. In exchange, he would let me train for free. So um, that was that. And I was, for making money, I was uh, I was doing private lessons. Yeah. Um, sort of on the side, teaching Wing Chun. And I was doing my security work. I was, yeah. I was a bouncer. Um, and the original plan was I'll come for a couple of months, you know, because I didn't have that much money. To, you know, so I'd go for a couple of months and I'd, you know, and then I'll, come back and that's what I did I came for a couple of months and while I was here the whole time I was like no no I gotta stay I gotta stay I gotta stay I've got no money so then I ended up going back home for a couple of months to pack things up yeah I knew because you knew yeah I knew but you know my mum's like when are you coming back I'm like yeah three four months you know maximum but I knew man I knew I had to because the longer I stayed in there you know training under him I was like and I was very tense I was very tight you know from doing just from doing the hard style of martial art from doing yeah. a lot of weights and um, uh, which is natural to the environment you placed yourself in it, as a bouncer in King's Cross you're yeah. bound to come across some conflict aren't you so you want to be in and some also, way pretty hard to defend yourself in that yeah. and, and even try to <laughs> minimize tension that that might be happening in the place where you exactly work. and also the way I, I came up like in the family and all that it was very um very uh sort of violent abusive sort of upbringing um and um and yeah so there was a lot of tension anyway i was always sort of t- it was a lot of fear and it was brought up in a lot of fear and violence mm-hmm. um and 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 that's why i sort of you know and even at the age of 16 i sort of led i won't go deep into it but i'll sort of let a, a very hardcore street life you know yeah. where i had some friends killed and and uh, oh mate yeah yeah i was hot but the worst i'm lucky to be alive i mean that what do you some of that? the fights because the dudes you were you're with or the fights that you got in the fights that i got in like one of the fights i um there was we came out I was 16 we came out of um we came out of a club i was 16 but i was in a club yeah and so I came out of a club and i was with four guys three other guys sorry there was four of us and then we just got jumped by around 25 um, there were Lebanese people. Yeah, yeah, apparently it was a retaliation for getting someone back that I was with. But anyway, one of my friends, which is a good friend at the time, he was 15. And he got he got stabbed three times, one time in the lung. Um, didn't see him since. No joke, I woke up. Yeah, so I woke up. Um, all I remember is, I mean, I saw the, vi- the police, the security camera footage after because the cops were like, you know, you, can you identify anyone? So I saw some of the stuff that sort of happened from the angle that was there. But all I remember is coming out, commotion, and then um, the next thing I remember was I was in the car and the, the, the guys, was, was one of my... Uh, friends was touching me he's like you, can you feel anything have you been stabbed and I'm uh, I just passed out and I woke up like 27 hours later in the hospital um, and my face was mangled so these front yeah. two teeth are gone because 
what they did and I saw <laughs> we're going deep into no, it's for, this is part of your journey I, yeah. I, I want to know why you're you, the level of mastery you've achieved in your art is not many people get where you get to yeah for me this is can it be part of the reason why you've devoted yourself definitely let's say please share this is amazing yeah so with the, in the police uh, footage uh, actually what they tried because I was knocked out uh, what they try to do is they try to you know the you know this in the movie American History X where they no. okay so the the you know Get the, they get the guy to open his mouth on the curb and jump on the head. Oh, jeez. Uh, yeah, so they t- I was knocked out. So lucky I, I, I wasn't able to try to put the head what on the curb. What the hell, jump. Yeah, man. yeah. So I was mangled. I was, I was, the face was, um, was, 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 was messed up. Um, and then one of the guys that I was with, he ran to his car and he had a, a you know, the mag light torches. Yeah. So he ran back with that and they sort of scattered off me, which is really, really lucky. And lucky yeah. they didn't all have knives and whoever that yeah. did just got my friend. And, and so, yeah, so there was, and that wasn't the only time. Hang was, on, hang on. So just, just on that, you know, this idea of PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. And then as a result of that, sometimes that leads to people don't move on and they get therapy and help. And then there seems to be the other time um, where it leads to it. Well, that, that, can I call that a shit experience? Is that right? Yeah, that, that was, was a one gnarly of, experience. That was one of so, many. So one, one of many. Yeah. That then leads to a, a growth response. Okay, th- this was, I don't want to s- stay in this environment, or if I am staying in this environment, I better learn to look after myself better. As a result, I'm going to devote myself to something where I'll find purpose and meaning. And it, was that, the, like, exactly after that, right. did you struggle with that for a little while? Which no. Made you, no, you didn't. No. Okay, it cool. was, you, it was that like, was your, your normal. It was, You'd yeah. you been in it many times. Yeah, and that's how, that's how, you know, in hindsight, looking at that, that's how um, lost I was. That's how deep in it I was. That mm. it was almost, like, I was young, man. I was 16, yeah. right? So it was almost like afterwards, because I survived, I was so sad for my friend, but afterwards it was almost like a notch on the belt. Mm. so to speak you know yeah, what I mean that's so the that's environment how, you're in, eh? that's the environment I was in and then it took a couple of years before I had that thing of accumulation of everything from childhood up until then until I was like I don't know what it was that triggered it but I was like what am I doing you know what, what the stuff that I was putting into my body it's just, just the, the stuff that I was putting my body and mind into and I was like what, what am I doing and I did a 360 and then, um, you know, went back to the gym, went back to training hardcore. And that's when I put all that energy. So I was, I was training eight hours a day, at least eight hours a day, seven days a week. And I had a, um, I had a motorbike. I would just, that's all I do. I just get on my bike and ride to the, 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 uh, place I used to training was in Chinatown. And I remember I, um, I would have to, I would park across the street and I have to keep the helmet on as I would go inside the academy because, I was worried for, for a couple of years after that there was people going to be after me. So, you know, it was, it was, you know, it was that bad. And then, so that was it through the fear, through the, what have I done? I've got to turn it around. That just fueled, you know, um, the fire, every energy I had, it was had to go training, training. So I would like eight hours, like, cause people, I didn't have training partners for eight hours. So I'd literally <laughs> go there and I'd train by myself a little bit and I'd train with whoever was around for a couple of hours. Then I'd drive around to um, like someone in someone's house. Okay, if you've got three hours, go to there. And then at nighttime after work, another wow. person's house. Yeah, because whoever was available, yeah. I would just be like a train, 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 train. So when I met him, when I met my teacher, I was, I was sort of, um, I had that already that hardworking, persistent mentality, which was exactly what I needed um, to do for the training that I that was that was about to do when I when I got to Hong Kong. So then you got to Hong Kong, you've come from doing eight hours a day, like mate, the ten thousand hour rule, you've tripled that. Yeah. Uh, 
engaged practice as well. It sounds like so it must have really worked. Yeah. And then you come to Hong Kong. Um, what, what, sorry, I'm terrible with the name. What was his name again? Choi Shun Ting. Yeah, so we you call come, him CST. Just easy. CS, CST. Yeah. And then he says, okay, come into my academy and train. Like, what what, what happened when you landed so, here? So when we landed here... Um, it was we, like, who, you and who? It was myself and uh, four other guys. From Australia. From Australia. Yeah. And none of them are training. Another guy, um, Sebastian, he came a little bit after and he's still he's still with me. He's one of the uh, teachers at my place as well. He's one of my colleagues. He's but Chilean dude. The guy Chilean that works dude. with Rob. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, one of my best mates. And he's, um, and so we're the only ones that are still continuing. But um, yeah, so we, we came here and we were training in his house. So he had, which is a really one bedroom apartment. The living room, which is very small, um, was turned into a so he had a wooden dummy, the mirrors and everything, and they just rock up at his house five p.m. to eleven p.m. Um, five days a week, uh, so six, six hours a day, five six days hours a day, five days a week. And nice. you know, as we're training away, his wife would come around six thirty, <laughs> and she'd go in the kitchen, start cooking, and they'll they'll sort of unfold their mahjong table and and start eating, watching TV while we're training away for half an hour. <laughs> so it was like that, you know. Awesome. Um, and and be- yeah, and just for for another like. He spoke Cantonese. He didn't speak a word of English. And you? I didn't speak a word word of Cantonese. Oh, real. So there were some days where I came because no one would be like me. People would people wouldn't stay. Sick. I was the only one that was doing six hours a day yeah. before Sebastian came out of it. So I was there for six hours, and like sometimes five o'clock when he would open the door, I'd already be there waiting. <laughs> and I come in, so there was no translator. So there was some awkward moments where there was no one except me and him in his living room, yeah. and I'd be training away, and there's, we can't talk, right? So which was good, um, I think, at that time because the only way he could teach me is through feeling, through tactile feedback and tactile correction, which is what, um, which has become my way of teaching, which is yeah. very unique to be able to manipulate people's joints and the musculoskeletal system to give them give them a feeling of relaxation, opening, which we'll go into later on. Yeah. Uh, but that became that was a blessing in disguise. Um, and then you know, as as we went on, you know, through the translators, I could I could tell that sometimes the translators are giving their own spin on what he's saying. Hmm. So I really had this urge to understand what he's saying. And just from that, I started to pick up things, you know. So four, five, six years into it, I started to be able to communicate. So now if you see the videos on YouTube and that, I'm actually talking Cantonese with him and I'm nice. asking questions. And I, when the Aussies would come, other people would come that asked me to ask him stuff and I'd be, you know, so then I became the guy. Um, and then, you know, um, I remember when I first came, those two months, when I went back home to, to sort of pack up and come back, he randomly, there was a few of us, right? There was five of us. He randomly pointed to me and said, when are you going to start teaching? And then even the locals were, were, were surprised. They're like, oh, I said, oh, I'm already teaching. He said, what, you, when are you going to open a school? Open your own school. So even from back then, for some reason, he saw something in me. Whether he did or not, hmm. that already made me think, okay, I've got to, you know, I've got to um, uphold his legacy. I've got to pass on what he's teaching. So that was already embedded in me um, from, from early on. Um, and then... 2008, so three years into training with him, um, we decided to open a school here and um, and start teaching. And uh, and that's Mindful Wing Chun. The one originally, still- originally was called Pangea. Yeah. And I and I opened it with a with a back then a friend of mine, one of my best friends was. Um, and then, so that's another thing I went through in life where you know um, we we were doing well and and things were going well, and then he um, him and his wife at the time they ended up taking 
basically cleaned out the bank account um, behind our backs, um, took money from the shareholders, and then just ran away to Europe and disappeared for years. So I was stuck here, um, left with a because uh, a lot of we had hundreds of students and a lot of people paid private uh, for private lessons up front. So there was uh, 2.4 million dollars in I was in debt to everything. Yeah, and we we owed those classes. Um, and then had to make a decision of, okay, um, and, and mind you, this guy, so a year before this happening, he was one of the three groomsmen at my wedding. So he was literally, he was the guy I came with, it was mm. us two, um, on the plane to Hong Kong. So he mm. was like, you know, he was my, my student in Sydney and I sort of brought him on all of that and became a really good friend. And then this happened. Yeah. So it was a it was a knife in the back yeah. in the heart for sure, you know. Um, and then we're like, what those what that gang didn't do when you were sixteen, your mate did when you were. Yeah, you know, that hurt a lot yeah. more than than than, than yeah. anything else happened, you know, before that. So yeah, so then I had to, you know, then I talked to some of the students here. I'm like, guys, look, you know, um, uh, we either have to close or I need help, you know. And then they they really you know they saw what I'm doing they yeah. saw that what the team is doing and they saw and they're like no nah, we'll bet on you and they sort of invested and picked things back up and we honoured the two and a half million dollar debt and so we slowly slowly did the classes you know yeah. it was tough times but we got through it we got through it and and now you know seven years later so seven years ago is when we changed the name to Mindful Wing Chun um, seven years later through the protest and COVID touch wood but yeah. but um, we're the biggest kung fu school in Hong Kong now. Bunch That's of white amazing. guys, bunch of non-Chinese guys teaching in English. Um, so yeah, so so it all, um, and I believe you know it's because of what we're teaching is very very unique. Yeah, and uh, people feel that. People feel the passion. People feel the hard work, and people, um, you know, and you, you you reap what you sow, right? Mm. You give, you give, and you, and you get it back. Um, so yeah. so if if we before we move on to the next thing, just to to summarize, what gave you that hard work ethic to get to? where you are today and to be the guy that would seven days a week do eight hours of training a day and then come to Hong Kong and train with a guy who spoke none of the language that you spoke and you spoke none of the language that he spoke and spend six hours a day working out with him five days a week and then keep coming back. Yeah. Was was if you were if you were to try to define what made you that guy? Because there's not many guys like you, Nima, that, that will do what you've done. 0.0001%, let's say, the people yeah. that, that would have the drive and the commitment to get to where you are. And then to go through, you know, losing, nearly losing your business and then to work through that, like, far out, what a testament to you. Yeah. If you think, what, what was some of the drivers that got got you through that? I'd say it was... Can the... I have a far out, mate? What a story. <laughs> Cheers, man. Far I think out. it was, um, I think it was just from the get-go, from from everything in, uh, in Iran, in the, it was a tough upbringing, I think. Yeah. That's what sort of hardened the the shell and and don't get me wrong there's a there's a there's this is stuff that i'm still working through right and this yeah. and and wing chun which i'll get to in a second is such a beautiful tool for it for me to be able to get through the deep layers of the mind the emotion all that kind of stuff yeah. you know it's, it's a very spiritual art um but it was it was it was the the want to protect my mum, you know um that to, to 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 have a sense of a family to to basically be able to stand on my my own feet and not have to depend on on my old man and things like that. my old man was yeah he did he, that was good I owe him that for helping yeah. us go to Australia but he was extremely I won't go deep into it but just to give you an idea while I was in Hong Kong he ended up um, this is the first time I'm talking on air about this but mm-hmm. by the way but he ended up killing my sister my uh, and committing suicide my sister was 13 at the time you know so I was I was training got a call from my brother and uh, 
and he was just you know anyway so so that happened so that was the finale of him of of he was just going down spiraling down 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 that came from his old man you know the whole regime change in iran his old man was a military you know for the king and all that kind of stuff. his old man was very violent so it sort of passed down um and now now, now i've got a son so i'm i'm, I'm break i'm trying to break that power to you to break in the cycle yeah i've got to break that cycle man you know so so yeah so all of that you know all of that like you said, maybe the, the PTSD it, it, it breaks some people, and 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 um, for some of them it gives them strength. There's a story to tell, and it gives power. I think yeah. I think that's what it was. It was that it was it was that thing. It was a burning fire. My brother he went the other way. He went into studies. I was deep into studying and stuff as well, but. He just continued with that. He's become one of the most successful lawyers in Sydney now. So Has he? he? Yeah, 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 What's your brother's name? Uh, Navid, Nav. Shout out Navid, legend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so he's uh, he's done. He went down that way. So we both had this 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 thing in us, then. And, and and you know, credit to my mum because throughout all of this, she went through all the pain. She went through, worked hard, and you know, was working two jobs, like literally working two jobs, sleeping three hours a day because that's all the time she had. Because she started to cook, clean all of that. Yeah. Um, and she still, there was still, I still felt love from her, you know. So that she was the, the, I think the thing that made me turn from all that bad stuff. So I went down that path of the darkness because I felt like I needed attention, I needed a family, I needed a sense of belonging. Mm. But it was my mum's, you know, love and all of that 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 sort of brought me back. So I would say, I would say, yeah, all of that, all of that. I was just one of the lucky ones to be able to. Um, Air quotes lucky for you create your own luck, I think, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eight hours a day, seven days a week, you're going to come across some quote unquote luck. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Coming to Hong Kong, <laughs> six hours a day, five days a week, you're going to create yourself some luck. Or, yeah, I yeah. do believe that. Again, you reap what you sow, and you know, it wasn't coincidence that I met him, and it wasn't coincidence that I um, I was became the favorite one, you know. Um, you know, even the locals would be like, "Why, why Nima?" Like, Till the end, he's like, "He's you know." And in my school is the only school in his sixty-four years of teaching that he in Hong Kong that he did conducted seminars in, um, and he did th- sem- three seminars in my school. So when I opened, he was supporting. He was you know he would show off. He'd be like, "Yeah, you know," because uh, his place was in Kowloon. It was like you know Nima. He's got a school in Central. Do you know how expensive the rent is in Central? <laughs> you know, to all the all the Chinese guys are like, really. So he had, you know, he had this this, this pride, you know. Yeah. And now they just passed away. I'm very close with his son, um, with his daughter, with his wife, you know. So, so it was. A, hey, sorry, before we go on, how's your mum? My mum's good. Awesome. Yeah. What's her name again? Mervash. Mervash, love you. Yeah, yeah. Far she's uh, yeah, yeah. She's my rock. So she's she went through a lot, you know, and uh, and yeah, she's 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 still around. Your brother's seen. in Sydney, dropping around, looking after her. Yeah, they're both in Sydney. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. yeah. So, um, so I'm lucky and blessed to have him to be able to look after my mum. So I can, I can. It was a really hard decision not to, not to go back, um, back to Australia and be with him after what happened. You yeah. know, and I just, I just knew I'm doing something. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm for my own therapy. You know, yeah. but also the amount of lives that even by then people were like, look, this has ch- changed my life. You guys have changed my life. Yeah. You know, this is our temple. People would call it. You know. Yeah. From all walks of life, I think the same with you. You know, from finance, all of that, they come and they come to our place, and they're like, ah, you know, they get there, and like, yeah. this is this is our temple for an hour. We can get away from all yeah. that, you know. So, uh, and then just before we go to the next level, Nima, where are you in that in the the world of Wing Chun? Um, we just I just found out prior to starting, there is no grading system. So I said, are you a black belt? I was expecting you to say a third, then fourth, then whatever. Um, yeah. But so, and I don't know enough about Wing Chun. It, 
There's, so there's not a grading system, but there's, every, where are you in the world of Wing Chun in your style of Kung Fu? So every different lineage has made up their own, um, uh, especially when they become commercialized, they make up their own grading system. So there's uh, there's no um, agreed upon grading system. It's not like BJJ, you know. Where mm. So for us, we have a grading system, again, because it's commercialized and people need, need to see the achievements and increments. Yeah, that's, that's motivating for many people, yes, especially but, kids. Exactly, yeah. yeah, but adults as well. And and uh, But when we learned from him at his house, there was no such thing. And he'd be like, okay, now, like, literally, like, okay, now he's ready to learn this one. But, okay, you start doing this now. And he'll start teaching you this or get one of the senior students to teach you this, you know. So there was no grading system. But in terms of where I'm at, I've completed the whole system with him, which, which he passed away 2014, so eight years ago. How old was he? Uh, he was 82. Um, uh, he and was, still teaching at 81? Mate, he was still teaching uh, literally to the day before he was put on his deathbed. Wow. And he was, by that time, because he had cancer, the doctors gave him uh, gave him six months to live i remember him coming and announcing saying i've only got six months and we were like oh he said look i feel fine you know and i'm not going to take chemo i don't believe in it i'm not going to and and he had a blood platelet problem so they couldn't cut it out mm. because it wouldn't stop bleeding so it's like look i feel fine and we'll just keep going on you know and uh and he really was fine because he ended up he did two seminars at my school after that throwing wow. people around he ended up living for seven years after you know when the doctor said without any kind of medication anything so um, but yeah, there's something for having purpose in your life, doesn't it? That that gift for the teacher being able to teach gives meaning and purpose. Um, so so interesting you said that, man. Because we there was a leak in the school, right? So he was fine. There was a leak in his school, and they said, "Look, we've got to knock down the, this wall and whatever." So we have to close for a month. Now, during the decade that I was training with him, he had never closed for a month. That never happened. But because of this leak, they had to. So. Um, they closed for a month and he was fine. I got photos with him at his birthday before that. They closed for a month. And then after that, um, when I came back, the date that he opened a month after not having taught us, he was sitting down. He was frail. He, it's like he was changed. He was, it was, um, you know, there was no blood in his face. Mm. And um, so that's exactly that. So in that month, that's the only time in 64 years that he wasn't teaching for, for that period. And then that, that's when the cancer got in. So absolutely, yeah. you're 100% right. The purpose was taken away momentarily. Yeah. That was a chance for the cancer to get him. So then that after, it took like weeks after that for him to for him to pass. But literally, he was like, he was in so much pain that he had to sit down. He would sit down and was sort of, sort of massaging around his joints and stuff. But he was still verbally, um, you know, teaching us. Yeah. And he woke himself up after like half an hour to get up and sort of, you know, uh, limp over to one of us and give us tactile correction and then walk over to the other side and sit down again. So it was literally teaching us to the last wow. to the last day, yeah. Um, and then, so back to the, the original question, where, where are you in, in the world so, of Chung that you teach? So uh, You have a, a, a fantastic centre in Central and Hong Kong called yeah. Mindful Wing Chun. Yeah. So I completed the system... Um, over ten years ago, in terms of not, in terms of doing completing the system and the forms with him, but yeah. with this, I would say so. I would say you know I've completed the system, but yeah. in terms of, uh, it's it, uh, you know the word master. Uh, yeah, I, I, I understand. It's very humble of you as well, but but just just to to translate the level that you've achieved, apart yeah. from obviously we don't have to because if some blokes spend <laughs> the amount of time that you have mastering, I, I know that you are amazing, but. Is there a level? Is there a title? Not that it means anything, maybe to you, but it's yeah. really. So the titles come like there's a sifu, which means like 
teacher yeah. and then there's like Siegung which which means grandmaster and stuff like that so if you have a, a solid school and you have your students have have students um, then you would be called a grandmaster right yeah. but I I don't call myself that because I, if, on paper I would I would say yes that's that's okay. the title you could give me right but I just call myself Nima even my students call myself <laughs> Nima yeah. because um, because I compare myself my level to him yeah right so he's the he's the sort of pinnacle in my mind and he himself said uh, you know, we, we back in Australia when we were in the seminar, we said, "Look, are you the pinnacle? So have you, you know, mastered it? Have you reached the ultimate thing?" And he said, "I don't know." And he said, "I'll let you know what the next level is when I get there." You know, so he was open to because there's no limit to relaxation. There's no yeah. limit to what the mind can do with the body. Um, and, and and but for me, because he's he was so much even at his old age, so much beyond the level of control that he had in his body and mind was so much beyond what I can do now. For me, that's a level when I can do this stuff, and it's very this stuff that can be tested very easily, like a movement that you get someone hanging off your ankle, you know, squatting, hanging off your ankle, or two people, and as they're sort of holding you back, you walk, you know, against that much pressure, against yeah. that much leverage, you walk forward. That's the stuff that he was doing. Yeah, I can't do that yet. So when I can do that stuff like that, I'll be like, okay. Yeah, and then I'm sure there'll be the next thing as well. It's, but that's the, the great thing about an art, isn't it? There's always yeah. somewhere to go. It's never ending. Yeah. It really is never ending. That's why it's so addictive. That's a fountain of youth I think we've found there, have we, mate? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty close. So yeah. um, what's come up so far when, when we've been talking about Wing Chun, I'm, I'm air quoting again, martial arts, um, mostly I've heard you talk about relaxation. So in my in my mind, and potentially everybody that's listening to this podcast, they're, they're Kung Fu, so they're seeing maybe Bruce Lee jumps in and you see Bruce Lee, and he's got scratches down his chest and he's throwing punches and kicks and calling guys in, and it's very martial. Um, And watching him move, it's it's, it's beautiful. Beautiful, yeah. Uh, But but the term relaxation doesn't come to my mind. Athleticism comes in and actually power, like the way that he would snap a punch. Remember that famous interview where he talks about if you want to throw a punch, you better bring your hips into it, baby. Yeah. Baby, yeah. he said, careful not to change the camera angle. And he's got those glasses on. Remember that? Yeah. Every kid went through their yeah, Bruce Lee phase. That's yeah. it. First time I ever broke my hand was because of Bruce, Bruce Lee. Lee. I think yeah, I watched Into the Dragon yeah. and then my mates and I were fighting. <laughs> broke that hand. Um, anyway, um, but, but you've chose mostly to use the word relaxation when you've spoke about your martial art. Yeah. Can so, you quantify that for me? Sure. So to put things in, in, in contrast, so, you know, being a bouncer uh, and, and you know, getting into fights, and, and the way that I was practicing even with my training partners, with, there's this thing in Wing Chun called Qi Xiao, this exercise, a sensitivity exercise, um, um, and the way the guy that I was, he was my mentor, Back in Sydney, he was a bouncer in New Zealand, Napier. He was a tough guy, and that's why we got on really well. So the way he would do chi sao is like, you're sort of supposed to be sensitivity, but we used to beat the crap out of each other and, you know, hit each other as hard as we can in the chest. So we went from that hard training, and I came here expecting to do similar stuff here in Hong Kong. They want to get here, we're like, okay, so what am I doing? He's like, okay, stand there uh, and uh, learn how to stand first. What do you mean? So stand there in a stand. So there's a form, the first form of Wing Chun, there's three empty hand forms, meaning there's no weapons or there's no tools. Uh, there's three empty hand forms and there's the wooden dummy, of course, the famous wooden dummy, and then there's two weapons. The first empty hand form is called Siu Lim Tao, which we, you know, um, abbreviate to SNT. So the SNT form, it's you're not moving your body, you're just standing there and you're just moving your arm. Um, your arms, one arm at a time at first and then both arms, but your, your legs don't move, your body doesn't move. 
So you're, you're uh, effectively just standing there and moving. And it is, a, it is really like, a, once you get deep into it, is a movement meditation. So as you're so, he's like, yeah, just stand there and do this. I'm like, okay. And you stand there and after like 10 minutes, my feet started aching, you know, bottom of my feet, my knees started hurting. And I didn't know what the etiquette was. You know, I, don't, I didn't want to seem like a, like a weak guy. So what I would do every half an hour and then later on to, towards the end of the night, I'd get tired more often. Every 15 minutes, I'd go to his toilet and I'd sit down in the toilet and massage my leg because I didn't want to look like a weak guy sitting yeah, there yeah. while other people were standing because no one was doing six hours. So yeah. people would come, they'd do a half an hour, whatever, and they'll go, right? But I was there from the beginning, so I was starting to get real tired. And then, you know, now in hindsight, I'll imagine what it was thinking. Like, why is this guy's got a bladder problem? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, so, yeah, it was in agony, my back, everything. And then slowly, slowly, as he's, and he'll come around and he'll sort of start, you know, as I'm moving my arm, he'll start. And he was a bone setter as well, you know, uh, so Chinese bone, uh, bone setter. Yeah. So he was very good with his hands. And he would sort of, you know, manipulate the shoulder joints, the joints, the muscles. And he'd be able to give me an insight into the relaxation that like he would release my muscles as I'm holding them up. Something I, I showed you, I yeah, shared with you a couple day, of weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. So to be able to hold the arm up, but, but um, tangibly and visibly where someone else can feel it, release that muscle group to a point where you feel, well, oh, the joints actually opened up and decompressed, but it's still very powerful. So he was able to get people in that state. Um, and yeah, then after a while, after months, I'm like, okay, I can stand for a couple of hours and, you know, I would, back's not hurting as much. And then slowly, slowly. Not as was, many toilet trips to the toilet. Exactly right. Yeah. And then after a while, I started to feel I've got a different relationship in my body. Like I would tell, you know, you're standing there and you're like, okay, your leg's hurting or your back's hurting. You've got back pain from trying to keep a straight back. And then you're trying to relax it and it's not responding. Mm. But then after a while, you start to actually, it's, those pathways have been built. So when you intend to relax, it actually responds and it relaxes. Mm. And then to a point where now I can, in seminars or when I meet someone, I can, it's almost like a party trick, right? You hold your arm up and you're like, hey, feel this, I can relax this muscle. And people are like, why, how are you doing that? Yeah. You know, it's, it's not, you know, a couple of my students are chiropractors and when they came in, one time I showed them the bicep thing that I showed you and he goes, no, no, that's not, that's not possible. And he started to touch my back and he's, he goes, I want to figure out how you're changing that tension, how you're yeah. cheating. And then, uh, and then anyway, he ended up signing up right there and there. A week later, he comes up with his mate, another chiropractor, walked up the stairs going, I'm telling you, he's doing it. And his friends started doing that as well. So yeah, so he, The enigma. Yeah. <laughs> Nemo the enigma. So it starts to give you this, this control. Um, it's this connection between the mind and body. Mm-hmm. That's why, that's why we named the, the, the school mindful wing tune. Mindfulness is a, that term that just gets thrown around a lot now, right? Yeah. So it's a marketing gimmick for summer, but, Really, it is that because you can't relax it. So when you talk about relaxation, there's a difference between the relaxation I'm talking about, like as we're sitting down in the chair and we just sort of slump in the chair or on the couch or on the bed. It's different to that type of relaxation. It's being able to keep the structural integrity um, of, of, a, of, a, of a shape or a movement or a posture and be able to release the muscles to a, such a deep level while retaining that structural integrity and while being able to later on at a high level – be under pressure and still be able to maintain and sustain that level of relaxation. Of course, you need muscles. If you and still produce power to apply a martial element to this. Arm. Maximize the power. Yeah. See, power is max times acceleration. And the way we, we look at it is once you can, 
um, open the body in that way, once you can relax, mindfully relax, so we call it active relax, relaxation rather than floppy relaxation, yeah. passive relaxation. Once you can actively relax like that, the feeling is for the person doing it and it can be shown in the person feeling it would feel the same thing that the body starts to interconnect. So rather than feeling like, you know, someone moving and that's how he dropped me to my knees the mm. first time I met him because he wasn't just using his triceps to move the arm down. He was using whatever it is, whatever you know, he was doing to, mm. to unify his, um, or to be able to articulate his mass and mobilize his mass in such a way within that downward or upwards or sideways movement to be able to produce that that mass times acceleration mm. to, to to create that kind of power. So it's it's, it's I don't know high end economy of movement, like yes. maximizing efficiency, getting the most you can with the least possible effort. Yes, and this is where the whole one inch punch came came from. You know, the one inch punch, and you know, and, and sort of I do one inch kicks or no inch kicks. Yeah, on my leg, I'm still limping. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> short story. I went around to Nemo's. I was introduced from a good mate of both of ours, Dave. Yeah. Um, and part of the reason why I went, like the guys, Dave and Rob, who, who were part of my therapy group, let's call it. it Thursday and Saturday morning, I get on a paddleboard and go out in the ocean, and I'm just in this happy place with a great bunch of blokes. We do a workout on the beach. We, you know, in Australia, there's that saying, do you want to catch up with your mates, drink some beers, and tell some lies? And, yeah. and that's a form of therapy. Yeah. For me, thankfully, I've met these great bunch of guys, and on Thursday morning and Saturday morning, I get to catch up with these blokes, paddle some prone paddleboards, and tell some lies, in the yeah. sense, exaggerate and just talk crap. Um, but David, we paddled around Ireland sometime, and... You know, I, I, I have a little breathing practice, but I'd look over and I'd see David and he'd be doing those, those forms and I would just see this bloke. who's quite an intense character, Dave, isn't he? He's Great intense, bloke, quite intense. Yeah. But I would just see this this serenity yeah. and this beautiful movement, you know, like I wish we did this actually on YouTube with videos, but the way that you've been moving as we're speaking, but just watching Dave move and it, it's actually magnetic. Like yeah. there's a part of me that goes, man, that's that's beautiful. Yeah, and, I, and I want to experience some of that. So... And he, he, you know, learned about dynamics, my business. He speaks so highly about you. He connected us. So the point of this story, I went around to Newman's place. Was that last week or the week before? Whenever it was. Week, yeah. Anyway, we were talking and just exchanging ideas. And, and Nemo, you call it a party trick, okay. Nemo <laughs> put his leg two centimetres away from mine, didn't do a recoil, and just moved his body two centimetres into my leg and I still have a dead leg like <laughs> pretty soft though but that was an amazing application of power in the yeah. shortest possible amount of space you know yes. like and yeah, it, yeah. it blew me away which which is testament to, to, your, to your art yeah um, yes yeah. so that's what it is and it's and it's, and it's so simple it's he would always oh, say my teacher so simple. no he would say he would must. say it's so simple but yeah. difficult to do yeah, yeah. The, 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 the idea of it behind it is not like these these thing that you know it's okay you have to read this many books and it's actually so simple so you, you, and that's why it's been passed out so my teacher Yipman which was his teacher Bruce's teacher he announced in a, in a magazine in a, uh, in, in a local Hong Kong magazine he called him the king of the crown he coined him the king of Silim Tao the Silim Tao is this this movement that you see Dave yeah. this first form and he actually said in that magazine that, that Chor Shun my teacher had surpassed him for a master to say that the students had surpassed him that's a big thing and that was mm. Yipman you know so he had a lot of students around in Hong Kong. So so my teacher had picked up the message from Yip Man in terms of do these movements and don't try not to use any muscular force. Try to use the only sort of uh, thing that he got from Yip Man was do these movements um, 
don't use any muscular force and try to use he called it Yipman called it Lopnim. Lopnim is to cultivate an idea in the mind. And he said, use the mind, use the intention to move your arms rather than using the normal muscular force. Yeah. You know? And he's like, he, he that's why he got him interested in. He's like, why is the name so Silum Tao, the name of the first form, it can be translated to little idea. Or, or small thought or yeah. something. And he was a, he's a very smart guy, my, my teacher. He's, you know, he tried to explain everything scientifically as well. And he's like, why is a martial art called that? The, the form of a, the first form of the martial art called little idea. What's it got to do with the idea, with the mind? And that's what got him very interested in, in, in learning with Yip Man, you know. So that's, he, he approached it from there. While other people like, you know, his training partners, Wong Chong Long, and then these guys were Bruce Lee's sort of mentors and teachers. Um, they were more into just going in and back in the day there was a lot of challenge fights like Kung Fu mm. wasn't just it was like like UFC it was like my Kung Fu is better than yours they're like okay let's have a challenge fight mm. and they'll go on rooftops or in parks and they'd have a you know bare knuckle fight and whoever won they'd be like well okay your Kung Fu is better then you yeah. know it was like that so a lot of guys trained for that and my teacher did that as well but his main thing was how do I how how can I not use that kind of muscular force? How can I use the mind? And man, I tell you this, and this is, you know, the listeners won't believe it. You won't believe it. I didn't believe it until I, I, I felt it. There's videos of it, but it's just a video. But man, he was able to, so he was doing this in seminars at my at my place. So he'd hold his forearm out and go, okay, you, you put your, you hold, hold my forearm. And I'll say, so this is me just clenching my muscles. And you'd feel an old skinny man clenching muscles. And I'll say, okay, this is me now floppy relaxing and you feel just normal going limp. No, okay, now this is me putting what he called nimlik, which is translates from Cantonese to mind force. And I don't know what it does, what it was. He doesn't know what it was, but you would feel a flow of ripples, like, like very tangible. You would feel like a, like little mini spiders or whatever running down his arms. And then he'll go, now I'm going to make it go the other way. And you wow. could feel the flow. I, I don't know. In, how to, in some forms of, like, say, that Shaolin Kung Fu, would we call that chi? Yes, yes. So he said in his DVD, he talks about it. So some people call it chi. Some people call it, um, like, hei gong, whatever. He said, I, he, he, for the Wing Chun one, he gave it the term, what he was able to do. He gave it the term Nim Lik, which he then says, which is mind power. Yeah. And he said, I think it's easier for people to understand because it's directed by the, by the mind. And he said, mm-hmm. this is something that every human being has this ability. Everyone has that in them. It's just, you gotta, you gotta, um, unblock it basically. You gotta be able to harness it and unblock the body to be able to. Have you unharnessed that? I've got, see, I will say yes yeah. once I can say feel it. Yeah. I can, I, I'm feeling stuff in my forms, mm. right? I'm feeling it, but, and I do get students to feel, I say, can you feel it? Be honest. And they're like, no, not quite. You know, mm. once I can tangibly do it, I will say yes. Yeah. So up to now, I will say no, but I'm feeling stuff. And I felt it. And I was so lucky, man, that uh, again, the fact that he took a liking to me. So he had a, stu- he had like a handful of, stu- maybe a dozen students that were regulars, right? But for some reason, there was myself, there was another lady. Her name is Ada. He really liked us two. And he would just, so there's like 10 people in the room and 70% of the time he was just with either me or her or me and her together. Mm-hmm. So I've got a lot of hands on from him. So, um, he was able to put me in a state and, and, and help me. Uh, that's why I wish he was here now with what I can do now, like 10 years after he's passed away, he'd be able to just make me, give me a glimpse or a signpost of the next level, put yeah. me in a state. Then I would know experientially understand what I need to work towards. But yes, yeah, so I was lucky with that. So, um, Hang on, just so if, if he was here. So then, is there is there a pathway? Yes, maybe, maybe. Geez, you know, when I, sometimes I think of martial arts, and, and in my mind's eye, I see Bruce Lee, but then over here, I see 
an old man, or thankfully now I see an old woman, and maybe they're somewhere, they've got some type of weapon, but I go to them as a source of wisdom. You know what I mean? They're often that those martial arts masters, especially from the Asian traditions, is yes. someone who's very wise. Yeah. Um, and sometimes if, if you, you dive into those, or even from, from yoga, my wife and I did a 10-day yoga meditation retreat and met an amazing man who who um, was a guru, but maybe similar to your master, I'm sure he wouldn't call himself a guru, he was just a, a guy. Um, but one thing that, that he said, and I've heard said before, we, we hold all the answers within. Yes. Now, I, I, I'm not sure about that, but I, I think I could find the answers within if I practice more. If I, I shut up and I just focus on trying to achieve this skill, and then with repetition and, and my own level of engagement, maybe I might find the answers. Is, yeah. is that where you're at now because unfortunately yes. that, that guy who seems like such an amazing character yes. is not here. So Absolutely. for you to learn that new skill, you just do you feel that sometimes you just yes. need to I need to push away distraction and just move and find that happy yes. place. Yes. And it is that it is that it is what you said. It is the practice. Yeah. You know, that he wrote a poem and he's like patient, persistent pursuit. Like you can't anything worthwhile, you need persistence. Anything, yeah. right? Music. You, you yeah. can't learn a language by just doing once a week or, or an instrument, whatever. So yeah. there is a persistence there. But I certainly feel that yes, I have the blueprint, and mm. and and it's, yeah, he's, it's, he's given you a he's, lot. Hasn't yes, he? and I and I and and we've got like I've got three terabytes worth of footage. So wow. that's the thing. He was like, yeah, you film whatever you want, and you know, and 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 that's why now I've you know uh, three years ago um, put everything. Basically, I spent the last five years of my life. I pulled away from teaching because I needed to be full time. I'm putting an online school together. So I spent the last five years, and it's still not fully finished. But I've mm. done five years worth of, I'd say. Uh, 1,200 videos, wow. like averaging 20-minute videos, right, of in the online school, week-by-week yeah. thing. Because so, I'm like, okay, if anything happens yeah, to man, me... That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Because it's a like, legacy right, a, right there. Yeah, yeah. Man, you're young, like, how old your son? My son's eight. Jeez, boy. Yeah. <laughs> and all these other kids sitting home watching Netflix, not your son. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he's training with me. Um, but yeah, because I thought if I write a, you know, books, you can't, you can't, in a video, you can put a lot more. So yeah. I'm like, if anything was to happen to me, it's there. It's there for three generations down the line. That's as long incredible. as the internet's there, it's accessible yeah. to anyone and everyone. And people can pick it up. And there's stories that people are like, man, I've had back pain. I've had chronic back pain. One of our oldest online students, he's, he's now 75. Larry Berkelhammer, shout out to Larry. He's a Larry. yeah, and he's a, he's an MD. He's a, he's done Tai Chi. And he's a really switched on man, and he had chronic back pain for thirty five years, man. And he, he after six months of the practice, he he's like I've got no back pain now anymore, you know. So so the amount of lives that it improves, and I haven't met Larry in person. Yeah, you know, I feel like I'm mates with him because we always talk. Yeah, 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 yeah. Amazing, amazing what you can do with technology done the right way. Little little because we still haven't really. If I'm listening to this at the moment, I'm like, well, Wing Chun is relaxation. There's this one-inch punch that you were talking about from Bruce Lee, and yeah. there's a one-inch kick that, that Nima did on Andrew, and Andrew's still limping. Um, <laughs> but but the the conversation, really, if I'm sitting there right now, and I and I, I was this is the first time I've ever been exposed to Wing Chun, I'm thinking, is this does it have more therapeutic applications, or does it have more martial applications, or is it synonymous? Yes. Do you separate? Is there a time when you're practicing for your for therapy and longevity, like yes. an eighty-two-year-old still moving, or and is there times when it's purely martial, or they're all in one? They, so that's the good thing about it um, that that it can be catered to what people want, right? Um, and so Larry, he, he came for therapy, or did he come? He for came martial? for therapy. He, he came. came for he therapy. was. He's a martial artist for um, 
for over four decades, yeah. um, longer than I've been alive. He's been yeah. a martial artist, right? And he, he came for therapy. But then we get fighters. We had a group, um, a Shotokan Karate and kickboxing group from um, Sunshine Coast, was it? From Australia. They would come like nine, ten of them come twice a year just to come and train with us. And, wow. Yeah, and, and that's and testament to you guys as well. Yeah, huh? yeah. The team, I'm so you, blessed with the team, man. We've got a really, really good team. So, yeah, so, so it's all. But I would say my, I think the reason why... Um, we survived for um, for so long, having what I went through, the business change, and and, and I mean the the the, the protests and the the, the yeah. COVID. That was really you know yeah, for business yeah, that was really yeah. really tough, right? So I reckon the reason why we survived is because um, because it's it's that special, it's that unique, um, and that is. And I always say, look, it's the marsh. It's it's very good for self defense. So for for prize fighting, a lot of the movements for 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 martial art, it would be illegal in UFC in, mm-hmm. in a boxing match because there's this concept of center line where you know you, as long as it's like a game of chess, if you can, it's if you can really control the center line, which is the shortest distance between you and the opponent, and if you can if you if you control that so that um, his path of attack, his you know main path of attack is blocked all the time through your movements and you're controlling it then you're in a very good, you know, in terms of efficiency, and I was using it for bouncing and stuff, mm-hmm. for real fighting is very good. But then the center line, that means there is the all the vital points, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the throat, the solar plexus, the groin, there's all of that, which would be um, uh, illegal in, in prize fighting. So it's more... Well, did you see what happened to Tony Ferguson just in the UFC on the weekend? Yeah. Jeez, yeah, that was yeah, straight yeah. up the center line. That was straight up the center line, yeah, that yeah. chin, yeah, yeah. And I love Tony, man. I love his... his, his, his yeah, but yeah, that was... That was a crazy game. first yeah. time he's been knocked out. I think. Man, yeah, that was nice. I broke my he heart. He moves beautifully too. He moves beautifully he? too. He yeah. does Wing Chun as well, oh, so he really? plays on the wooden dummy. Yeah, so wow. people like yeah, we him and Anderson Silva, they play they they do Wing Chun as well, and that's why Anderson Silva fighting with Tito Ortiz recently. Tito Ortiz was making fun. He's like, oh, you do this, you know, Bruce Lee Wing Chun stuff. This is boxing, and Anderson Silva dropped him, knocked him out in the first <laughs> round. And then just to get back at him, and he's like, "So how was?" That? He said, "That's all. That's from all the Wing Chun and Bruce Lee stuff." You know, that's what. So, um, uh, so yeah. So I would say though, the, the martial, and the martial, the martial aspect. I would say honestly is just a branch on the tree of benefits of Wing Chun. Really, just a branch because the the therapeutics in terms of the the healing. So right now, as you know, I'm going through uh, an injury with my leg. I had some yeah. vascular issues, you know, that came up, and that's why I came to you guys. But um, so right now I'm not in I'm not in the marsh. I'm right now I'm just healing. I'm just yeah. with my practice. Everything I do is just for healing. No sparring or nothing mm. like that. Um, the physical, like I said, with Larry, with people's back pains and stuff like that. The physical um, healing that that can take place when you can use your mind to go in there and and release the muscles in that way to get to to reset almost the, the nervous system to bring. To bring balance to your musculoskeletal system, that does that just promotes whether you want to call it energy, just blood flow, whatever it is, that just promotes circulation, fluid circ, whatever circulation, right? And that's just really good for healing. Can I, but, can I pass comment for a second? So that at the moment you've got a smile on your face and and you're talking with an incredible amount of passion, but you're also talking about you're going through a point of healing. So usually in, in joint dynamics, physical therapy, all the stuff at the gym. People, when they're talking about healing and then when they're talking about pain, they don't have the look on the face that you do, obviously. <laughs> but see, now you're laughing. So it, from your perspective, if I if I 
jump into your brain for a second. Are you going, how cool is this? I'll get to learn more about my body. Absolutely. And, yeah. Absolutely. I wouldn't have met you. I wouldn't have met, you know, met Colin. And, yeah. and, and just, just, I wouldn't have read, because this injury that I've gone through, I've been through many, many injuries, like six bulging discs before, yeah, yeah. jiu-jitsu, all of that. But, but it was always manageable. I was younger, but I could always manage it with my training yeah. and with my... So this one was a big one, right? Because it was the vascular stuff as well involved. So it never, it, it sort of, it was really interesting, man. Because when it happened, it was like ten months ago. It it did bring me to my knees. Uh, it was a character development, let's just say that. Because yeah. I was, I'm very what a gift. What a Damn, gift. Yeah, I'm very attached to the thing of yeah. you know being the guy, being yeah, the, yeah. the head guy now for the Washington's legacy and all of that. Teaching, I need my body to teach. I make my money with body, you know, yeah. and I've got all these plans. Then. I wasn't able to stand. I need to stand to train and teach, right? I wasn't able to stand for more than five minutes. Can't run to the toilet now, mate. Exactly right. (laughs) So then all these things start to come to the mind, right? You know? Um, So so it was really good, man. It was really a blessing because now I can speak from experience. If if someone comes to us and goes, you know, I've got this problem, whether it be with with loss, with family loss, with problems, with whatever it is, with injury, with with having something that's, that's ripped away from you. I can speak from experience rather than saying, oh, it's okay, just just you know, just calm your mind and breathe, which is all true. Yeah, yeah. But I can speak from experience, so maybe I can connect to them in a different way so then I can help them in a better that way. Next I, I level of empathy. Yeah, yeah. But so in terms of in terms of the um the mind as well, man, like the focus, like when you say when you watch Dave doing his things, yeah. the reason it's attractive, because yeah, it's a nice relaxed movement, but you see the the look in their eyes, you see how focused Yeah, that's what stood out. Like, just what's going on with his face. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, D- D- Dave's an average looking dude, let's yeah. say. <laughs> but in that moment, I'm like, bloody hell, Dave's a good sort. You know, I really just want to look at him. You know? Exactly. <laughs> I'm so. happily married to my wife, Emanuela, by the way. It, it, it wasn't about that, nothing wrong with it if I was, but I'm yeah. just saying, yeah, yeah, yeah Dave no, in that so, way yeah. is the most, air quotes, he's the most beautiful I've ever seen Dave. He's just yeah. standing there on the beach. Almost glowing. The, yeah, the, the, the focus, yeah, yeah. yeah. The focus that is... So the, the level, again, I go back to the mind and body connection that's required. So that when I said simple, uh, you know, we say simple. So you're standing there and you're working with the first form and that's where this this, this state, let's say, is cultivated um, or attained. You're standing there, you're not moving the body, but you're, you're, everything's symmetrical. The way the legs are, the way that you move with the left first and the right, then both of them together. But you're looking for... Uh, perfection or purification in terms of symmetry like is is, wow, is the weight purification yeah is the weight exactly the same it is both my knee joints bearing the same amount of pressure and it's not easy to feel that i mean if you're even if you're sitting and meditating or if you're sitting however to go into like you know listeners now as you're listening whether you're sitting or standing if I'm you, gonna if get you with feel you. yeah if you feel you know uh, so we're sitting right your sit bones as you're sitting on the sit bones is there the exact same amount of pressure on the sit bones? Are the shoulders, shoulder blades, or shoulder girdle sitting exactly the, the, the same? Does that, do they feel the same? Is there a perfect alignment um, between in your spine? So a straight line from the tailbone to the top of the spine, you know. And and you got to start to you got to be very present. You got to work with present moment because as you're moving, your the gravity is very real. You're always dealing with gravity. So as your arm moves out, there's shifts within the body taking place. Yeah, your center of mass is shifting. Everything's yeah. shifting, but you have to f- always be centered. You have to always be in perfect symmetry, right? So that's even on an external basis. That in itself is a is a very meditative practice in itself. But then as you're doing that, you're like, okay, how can I be? How can I have a holistic awareness of the body? So when you 
moving your arm and what I was you know sharing with you and I was like okay hold your arm out and try to relax your shoulder relax your bicep whatever your mind goes to that local muscle group and tries mm. to relax there and that's the trick you can't relax the bicep if by just thinking about the bicep you have to be in control of at least the upper half to be able to release the bicep to be able to uh, what what's happening there I don't exactly know um, and I and I hope I can find out because you can you know you know he, before he died he was supposed to be flying to Australia and uh be put on a test that we're going to put him in fmri to see what's happening with the brain and all that he agreed to it and then he got cancer so then the doctor said mm. he shouldn't fly and he wasn't so i'm hoping that you know if, if me or someone else can get to that level later on as science is developing we can yeah. have a look at what exactly is happening we'll yeah, what, what yeah. part of the brains are lighting up and what parts are going down regulating and what does that mean so our feeling and he would call this the ning tao the mind force or that that state um and I can feel this and I can see it in other people. Um, and that's what he would say is activating, whether it's true And you're or not. touching the back of your head yeah, because it's that's the, the back brain region. Yeah. yeah, it's directly above where the spine ends, directly there. So when someone's, you know, if I say, okay, what's, you know, this number times this number, or if you're writing an email, playing a video game, thinking about something, you're in the front loop, you know, and you can see when someone's thinking or, or video gaming, you can see their thinking from the front. Mm. But when someone can, you know, actually not just think about their spine, but actually tangibly feel their spine to a point where you can hold the muscles around their spine and they can turn them off, mm. right? Because there's actual literal control. Then the look changes from sort of thinking to to sort of the, a different state of actually it looks like they're looking at their spine and that you know so yeah, that yeah. is the different part of the brain that we believe that's but we don't know. Can we call that introspection in in, in some degree? Yeah, yeah, you could put it, you could put that word to it. Yeah, turning the mind's eye inward a little more. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, thinking with the body or uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's real, but it's a real feeling of yeah. the body rather than just in the beginning you're visualizing and stuff like that. But it's a real feeling. So back to this form, you're doing the you're doing the symmetry and all that kind of stuff, and then. Then you're thinking, as you're doing that with this holistic sensation of the body, you're thinking, you're trying to um, intend, how can I move with as little, as really as little effort as possible? The breathing is, is, has to be perfect, diaphragmatic breathing, and, and, and you're just in a, in a different state as you're moving. Well, eyes are open, so it's different to meditation, a little bit where, I mean, there's walking meditation, you know, with eyes open, but um, most meditation eyes are closed, which you're sort of going more inwards here you're going from that's the way he would explain it because the difference between closed eye sitting meditation and silum tower is meditation you're going from outer in you know feeling inside your breath and stuff whereas here you're going from inside you're feeling all that but you're expanding out that's why you want your eyes to be open because it's a martial thing like you want to expand your awareness to the surrounding and to your opponents etc um so yeah and, that, and and then it's just like peeling layers of the onion that's why i use the word purification because mm. there is no limit to it if he was alive another 50 years he'd be that much better than he was yeah there is no limit to it you know what i mean and then then how can you retain that while under pressure while someone's putting force on you, later on, highest level, while in, while in combat, when there's adrenaline dump, there's when there's all that kind of stuff, how can you retain that relaxation state physically yeah. and mentally? And that in itself is, that does stuff to your emotions, man. That does stuff to, it is it is really a therapeutic tool, not just physically, mentally, but emotionally. That's why I said it, it can, when you go that, when you peel enough, it does become a spiritual thing. It does mm. become, he was, and that's what attracted me to him when I met him. My idea, because my, my old man wasn't uh, around and it wasn't a figure that I was looking up to, 
Um, that's why I went down the, the dark line because I was looking for a father figure, you know. Yeah. And when I met him, and, I, and in my mind, the father figure, all of everything I had, examples I had in front of me was tough violence, and mm. and it, you know they would step on you if you if you you know if you um, don't follow what they say. Whereas him was the opposite. You bowed him, he bows lower. You 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 know you shake his hand. He puts he puts his he, he shakes your hand with two hands to give you more respect. But yeah. it wasn't put on. It was real. Yeah. He, I've never met someone that would smile more than him. Even when he was in pain, <laughs> he was always smiling, laughing. Yeah. When he was when he would see the bunch of us, you know, the Aussies, like we we and six hours a day. We were young, man. I came yeah. here when I was twenty one. So it starts to mess with your head, and you start just like I don't know, making noises, and you try to make each other laugh. You know, we had our own little crew. <laughs> And the locals sometimes would hear it and they were like, I can't believe that. You know, you could see their sense, like, how can they be doing that? He would catch on and he would come and, and join in. <laughs> One time I was standing in, in front of the wall and I was doing my practice and and I couldn't see behind me because it was in front of the wall, not the mirror. And I was, I guess I was focusing too much. I still don't know until this day why he did it, but I was focusing about a meter away from the wall. And then, uh, and you know, Sebastian and other people were standing behind me. So they told me uh, from them perspective what how it looked someone pushed me to the wall so hard that i had to put my elbows up and lucky there was a punching bag a wall bag there and sort of stopped my head from hitting the wall and i turned around and they said your face looks like you're about to kill someone i turned around and i saw uh him my teacher holding his belly pointing at me and laughing and once he started laughing the whole class started erupting in laughter and then i started lining up and i laughed i still don't know why i did that i, I think it's because i was so because with this, you can't try hard. You can't say, okay, feel my body, relax, relax. You ha- it's a letting go. It's an art of subtraction rather than addition. Remember, we have this power within us, all of us, but we have to peel away tension. We have to peel away this monkey mind. We have to peel away. We don't have to add, right? So I guess I was adding. I was there thinking, okay, trying hard. I try hard. I try. Trying hard with this in that kind of trying hard. You can do it with lifting weights and, you know, one more set. You can't do it with this. You can do it in terms of willpower. I'm going to train eight hours a day, but not while you're in it thinking, come on, come on, spine, open up, come on, spine, relax. It has to be a letting go. And Say that's that again. why. The art of subtraction rather yes, than the art of it. Yeah, that's what I teach. That's wow, from that's, that's my own things, my own spin on it, because that's really what it is. It's about letting go. It's really about releasing, letting yeah. go. It's about that's why there's a, there's a, there's a vulnerability to it. Yeah. You know? And they're talking to these guys like, you know, our mate Dave. He's he's not a guy that would be very open to you know vulnerability, but he yeah. he when, when he trains, and that's why I think you know people that are that are quite tough, quite hard, they have that in them, and that's the thing that's it. For my, I speak for myself. Yeah, yeah. There's a hard shell that I've built around it from the upbringing, from the fear to protect myself as a child, as the six year old, four year old Nima, whatever, mm. right? Um, but that vulnerability, that vulnerability is actually really power, especially for men. Mm. It, that is the true power. That the real power is be able to, like what my teacher was able to do, but to be able to speak about that and not have to, you know, and not have to sort of cower away from speaking it, um, and nor have to brag about it. Oh yeah, I've been through this. It's it's just you know just being yourself and being like, hey, this is life. Life is like that, you know. So this this kind of this kind of practice. Forces you can't get at a high level unless you peel away to those layers. Yeah, and you know then there's the thing of non-resistance, which Dave, our mate, really likes, and he really he says he applies it to. He's an entrepreneur, right? Yeah, he he applies it. That's why he loves Wing Chun so much because there's that there's that aspect of it within his self development. But because he says he can, um, he's he's putting Wing Chun philosophy into his 
entrepreneurship. He writes the stuff on LinkedIn, helping people. But actually, that's Wing Chun philosophy. He always sends it to me. I'm like, oh, man, well put. Yeah. And that is their non-resistance. So in our last class last week was like that. He goes, man, it's a – because, you know, we're, a little, we're moving fast, a little bit of sparring. And he goes, it's amazing. Like, as soon as uh, my job is to fire him up, to try to push the envelope um, and, and make him – put him in a state where he naturally tenses up. I bring that out and his job is to, while I bring him in that state, uh, keep calm yeah. and keep the relaxed, physical, mental relaxation. And I was saying, it's amazing. I can catch it at the thought level where my Irish in me comes out <laughs> and I want to start punching on or I want to start whatever or, or, or just, just as soon as that happens, I start tensing up. But then no, I go back and I retain my own balance. I retain my own, you know, the structural integrity of my own movements, my own relaxation and that's when everything moves, moves better and I can then then I can, when he lets go like that, he allows me to level him up. He allows me, to, it's like it's like we're dancing together and, yeah. and we, he, he, he allows me to, he comes on the ride with me so I can level. Otherwise, he falls off the ride because he tenses up and the, the connection of the movement, the flow of energy or whatever comes off, then we have to restart. You know, so, yeah, so That's the, so valuable. And you think about fighting, God forbid, I, I don't want my son and daughter ever to get in a fight, but, yeah. you know, my son's doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and... One of the things that I love is that the the teacher will say, "Okay, let's fight," but then the next thing he says is, "Relax." And from even from like you, you, the physically that you're talking about, an economy of movement, but even from being able to make better decisions. You know, when you when you're fearful and you're all fired up, you, you make silly decisions, and sometimes in a in a a martial environment, that can be the difference between you getting really hurt or doing something really stupid. You yeah. know, but if you can stay in that relaxed state of mind and sort of taking as much as you can, you usually make better decisions. Yeah, but you can do, you can put that also to dealing with your spouse, right? Yeah. They say something, you get fired up. And My then... wife's Sicilian. Help me. <laughs> oh, Love you, babe. Love you, babe. <laughs> so the same thing. So it's 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 you, you, you learn how to respond rather than react. Yeah. Reaction is just out of... And then afterwards, you're like, oh, I shouldn't have said that, I shouldn't have done that or whatever. And, and, and in fighting, it is, you know, it is life or death or potentially... You know, going to jail or hurting someone where you, where you didn't want if you react compared to responding. So certainly, and this is all like I'm sitting here as if like, yeah, I'm, I've mastered this all. It's not. And it's not. It's never ending um, growth, you know. So do I react? Sure. Do I, you know, my, my son's not finishing his homework. Do I raise my voice? Sure. But then I know because of the work that we do. I can I can step away from that and go ah oh, okay that happened and I can sit down with my son and say hey what daddy did I raised my voice that was a mistake I'm sorry you know so then and that's how going back to that's yeah. how I'm trying to break what happened with my old man and his old man that's what like I was that. just about to ask you is there ever some times when your dad comes out in you do you ever catch hundred percent yeah hundred percent it's just a product of our environment we learn we, we learn by modeling or by 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 example right but the good thing about this is this practice and practices like this like yoga meditation anything yeah. anything maybe even musicians like it just it allows you to step away for a second and look at it from you you step outside of the anger you you're still you know you're still affected by it and all that but you step outside and that first time you can step outside of it and it could be you know for me it was during this training mm. then there is that there is that detachment then you're not controlled by it and it could be you know it could be um momentary and then that's enough for you to, to for you to have enough ammunition to go that was interesting i felt like i felt in control for the yeah. first time ever i felt in control of my anger or i had fear it was a funny one time i was in i was in the mainland mainland china and when i first met my wife i've been with her for uh, 13 years now in the beginning and uh, I was there and I was in a hotel 
practicing as she was with her friends in karaoke. And it was like 11 p.m., boom, 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 the door, someone's banging on the door. I'm like, what? I'm in Manhattan, China. I don't know anyone there. It's not my wife, but she could just open the door. Open the door and he said, brother, Nima, hurry up, come. Someone's hit, uh, someone's hit Mifty, my wife. Come on, go. And I'm like, what? Someone hit a boy? Yeah, yeah, let's go. So we jump in a cab and he's, he's under the influence of alcohol on the way. And he's like, hey, when we get there, no talking, eh? just hit. And I was like, what, man? What's going on? I was like, yeah. So I get there and then there's, there's, there's a few big guys and they're, they're uh, really drunk as well. And I'm like, okay, what's it? And I was just there. And, I, and my brother's young back then. It was like 19. I couldn't count I picked that up by the way that he's yeah, I'm yeah. talking. Yeah, just hit. I was like, what's going on, man? Anyway, we get there and there's all this commotion and my wife said, are you okay? She was completely fine. Um, and, and I was like, which one was it? And she goes, this one. And then, and I'm like, okay, so what? I, and, I, and no one can speak English except her and her brother. And I'm like, well, what, what do you, what, what do I do? Do I, do I, and there was a lot of them. And I'm like, I'll be okay, you know. And then, but it was interesting because I had an adrenaline dump. My legs started to, just as I'm standing there, my legs started to, to shake, yeah. start trembling. Um, and then. I would just go, so the practice that I would do, the standing practice, I would just go, okay, feel centered, relax, spine, and I would, it would happen three times, I would just go, completely turned off. So yeah. I actually controlled the adrenaline dump. Nice. And then I start talking, and then it happened again, and then I controlled it. Start talking, it happened again, controlled it. Um, ended up being okay. Uh, no one hit anyone? Uh, I didn't hit anyone. Okay. Uh, yeah. Your <laughs> Honor. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't hit anyone. She was fine, and and she's the one that started it because the guy was was making fun of, uh, was picking on the girls, and so she kicked him, and the guy stopped it. But but yeah, you and your wife are formidable team, mate. <laughs> but yeah, but that, that that was for me. That was she very does wing chun. Sorry, no, 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 she doesn't. I can't get her to do any wing chun, even yoga. I try to get her to. She goes. She does the um, you know hit classes. Yeah, you know, awesome. she does that. So. Um, but yeah, that was a really good, another one that right in the heat of the moment, you know, biological adrenaline dump, but mm. I was able to jump in there and, and detach myself from it and control the body, you know, so you first get comes that awareness, second comes the responses. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's becoming aware of it. And then with the practice that we do, being able to actually physically tap into the body and change the body. Have the tools. So yeah, have so to the speak. tools. Whether it's pain, you back pain, you know, sitting watching a movie for three hours, got back pain, and then you can I can stand and after, within minutes you start to make it dissolve. You know what I mean? Rather than having to nothing wrong. I I, I do get treatment, massages, mm-hmm. chiros, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff when I feel like I need it. Nothing wrong with that. But to be able to gain the control yourself mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's, there's a, and, it, and it feels cool, man, to be able to tap into your body like that. It's like your body's a video game. To be able to, you know, yeah. to be able to. Yeah, actually, that must be. Yeah, it's a, it's a very, very, that, very addictive feeling. Those moments. Um, so just say when my wife said, "Hey, we're going to Rishikesh." I'm like, "Oh, okay, cool." Nice. Um, and it was over uh, the Easter break, and we did that ten days in Rishikesh, and it was, it was a beautiful time. Like it was a yoga meditation retreat, um, and we did, you know, days of silence and. Sort of long sits. My wife's done Vipassana as well, so she she was she so likes right. that. Yeah, she re- that's something that she's drawn to. Spiritual. She's quite a spiritual person. She was brought up in that Roman Catholicism, right. of, with Sicilian and you know, guilt and you know all that sort of stuff. And, yeah. And but now she she's a spiritual person. It doesn't have to be in a church. It can be, however. And for a while there, she got right into the yogi philosophy and you know Bhagavad Gita. It was really cool. And so I get to go along for the ride. And, nice. Um, and then I would I had a I still have a gentle. Breathing, I say gentle yeah. pranayama practice. Um, but I don't have a meditation practice. But for a while there, I felt like I could say with a, with a small amount of confidence, I had a meditation practice. And there was times 
I remember where we were living up on Elgin Street in this you know studio apartment, um, and I had my, my breathing practice, and then let's call it a meditation. And there was moments where I I had this incredible feeling of of serenity and presence and you know heightened senses, and I just remember going, "This is a really nice," you know, stepping away for a second, going. This is a really nice place. I yeah. would really like to be able to come back here frequently. Yes, um, which yeah. is really difficult. You yeah. know, I, I, for that period of time, I put in the time, and maybe I've experienced that through movement and sure. other things at, at certain times. Sure. Um, and things like pranayama, man. I mean, I do yoga as well, and I'm actually on the online school, I've got a supplementary section, and I teach pranayama. Yeah. I've been doing, and what you're doing, people can't see, but you're gesturing the Nadi Suti, right? Yeah, Ultra yeah, yeah. breathing, yeah. yeah. And that is, they've done a lot of scientific studies on that, on the way that it balances it and left the right hemisphere. So there's a lot of yeah, shishumna. Yeah, yeah, there it is. <laughs> There's a lot of biological things happening. So with all these practices, so I would say Wing Chun, when people say, I actually did, you know, at Iris, there was a yoga, there's, there's yoga thing that used to happen in Hong Kong, the outdoor yep. ones. I actually uh, talked on the stage talking about the similarities of yoga and Wing Chun. Actually, Wing Chun is much more, so one thing I need to highlight here, the type of Wing Chun we do, right, the Choi Shun Tin method of Wing Chun, no one else does this. And that's what makes it like there's millions and millions of people that do Wing Chun, but no one does Choi Shun Tin Wing Chun. Yeah. He's the one. It's like, as I said, it's like he's got the message from Yip Man that got it from whoever it was, the creator 300 years ago. He found and got the message of whatever the, they wanted mm. that was in the forms. Not necessarily because Yip Man really necessarily couldn't do it himself into the same level, yeah. but he got the messaging, you know. So, um, yeah, I would say it's much more closer the practice that we do. Um, to yoga than it is to any other form of kung fu, including tai chi or anything like that. They talk about energy, the dantian, the energy center and yeah. stuff. We don't do that. We just talk about the spine. We just talk about from the tailbone, raising energy or raising intention or whatever you want to call it. I just call it decom- decompressing and relaxing the spine up. But there is a the flow of something that you start to feel in the spine going up. And that's called raising the kundalini in yoga. It's a yeah. practice that's, you know, 6,000 years old. You know, it's in the you yoga That's a lot of practice. You're going to work something out that works, aren't you? Yes. <laughs> Talk yeah. about science. Yeah. You know, 6,000 years of people sitting in a cave and yeah. studying how they feel and what happens when they do a certain type exactly. of breathing or movement. Exactly. And when asking him, when we're saying, because I asked him, I asked him, and I was, I would ask him so many questions. At one time early on, he actually one time told me, stop asking questions and practice. He actually told me, you know. <laughs> nice. And I was like, oh, okay. And then like 20 minutes later, I was like, uh, uh, oh, better stop. You know, but I was, I would, anything you can think of, I would ask him. I would ask him about different stuff and I'll say, okay, so is it the same as Tai Chi? Is it? And you said, no. He said that, that actually people that sit, because when I started, when I did Vipassana as well here in Hong Kong, when I uh, did some courses and he said people that can sit, the yogis that can sit in full lotus and they can sit for days, some of them, right? They are using the same um, engine, let's call it, that we use. Uh, that I use in my movements to power my movements, but they use it to hold themselves effortlessly upright so they can completely sort of disown their body, can forget about their body, their body can stay still without any effort and sit like that for a prolonged period of time. Yeah. They're using the same thing, and that is that, that, that you can call it energy, intention, whatever, like a fountain from the tailbone going up to, to, to the top of the spine, through the spine, con, uh, con- consistently. And other forms of confidence, I talk about it, but I haven't met. So when he died, I traveled around Mainland. I went to Thailand. I went to all these different places, and and I went to uh, to Korea. All these people that I thought, yeah, I read his, you know, his method or whatever. And the good thing about with this method is it's very tactile. So I can touch someone's spine, and I go, okay, do your thing. I don't have to say that's fine. Mm. I can say just 
you know, let me feel what you're doing with your spine and hold their arm and say, just move your arm. Let me feel how you're moving. And no one is doing anything. That's not, not to say ours is better, worse, whatever. They're doing their own thing and they're great. No one's using this method. I would say yogis are the ones that are doing it. Uh, That's close. So I would say Wing Chun is like yoga, but it's got the martial aspect to it. And, and, um, you know, and you're saying that's why people like Dave are attracted to it because he's, he does, he's done a yoga course as well, right? Yeah. You sort of let that go because it's got that martial aspect to it. You got moving, you are punching, you are kicking, you are, you are, you're doing partner work, you are under pressure, and you have mm. to relax under pressure, which is a great skill to be able to read another person's body movement and body language and respond and yeah. stay relaxed. There that's, is a connection a, thing, yeah. right? And, and to be yeah, able that's to, rapport, isn't it? That's rapport, yeah. And to be able to relax under pressure, that is real relaxation, yeah. Otherwise, I, yeah, I that's, say, that's real so relaxation. important, isn't it? Yeah. Anyone, Anyone can relax, sitting at the beach. You know, so just how I do relaxation with most of my clients at the end. I say, let's go to the beach. And I just get them to do a little breathing practice nice. somewhere where their legs are higher than their heart and nice things happen. Just focus nice. on your breath. I guide the breathing. Um, but it's easy to be relaxed in that environment. But then you throw someone into, let's say, some type of martial environment or a high-tension environment. Yeah. Your legs start, like you were saying, your yeah. legs start jumping, you bring awareness, you have the, you need the tools yes. to be able to maintain some level of relaxation and maybe make better decisions. That's when it matters the most, man, yeah. because that being, being, you know, fathers, being parents, being entrepreneurs, being whatever, mm. being, being humans that are in, living in society, you can't hide from, you can't, there's no, you have to be able to have the tools to ride the waves of life. There's no way you can hide unless you go to a cave and sit there and or on a beach. Yeah. But even then, even then, there's going to be stuff internal arising, yeah. you know. So relaxation, real relaxation, real calmness, real peace, I think it's it's when you can do it, when it's put to the test. All right, I've got a couple of questions for you. Yeah. So, Nima, today, do you, do you have any, do you have a morning routine? Do you wake up and do a, a breathing practice or do you yes. wake up? You do? Well, yes. What's your yeah. morning routine? So I wake up, the first thing I do is is get some uh, light, sunlight in my eyes if I, if I wake up sometimes I wake up before the sun comes up but that's good so I get that the red light in the eyes yeah. supposedly really good get sunlight in the eyes for about 10 minutes then I'll do pranayama yeah. and then after that I'll do my silum tau so it's a, which is the first form of Wing Chun the standing practice and, and then like, from there, every day Every day. If, if we were to say how many years have you been doing that standing practice for now? So when I got injured with my leg um, was the first period of my life within the past i would say probably the last 17 years that i was skipping like if like because i couldn't physically do it but even then i would do a couple of minutes but i was skipping some days where i would i would do sitting practices yeah. and stuff like that so yeah so, man, i'd be i'd be I'd, I'd be you know just to put things in perspective so i'd be uh going to greece flying to greece and you know, on the flight, get to Abu Dhabi and, you know, uh, stopover three hours. During the stopover, with thousands of people walking around, and my wife's like, man, you're embarrassing me. I'd, I'll be standing and doing my silent towel. Yeah. You know, and that's and I will do that on purpose because first to relax and open up the body, but also because people are looking like, what is going on? What is this crazy guy doing? But that is the exact, that's testing my focus. Am yeah. I, am I thinking about, oh, this is, you know, this is weird. People look at me or can I let things be and be, be within myself and not resist what's happening outside? And, and, and you know, so I'll do things on purpose and I'd landing, uh, we landed in Athens at a French place that night before I slept, I had to do an hour before I slept. So that's how nuts I was about, you know, um, and I'm a little bit less now, but yeah, so that's my morning ritual. I start like that, and then I'll do my cardio. So whether it's the treadmill, yeah. um, with the legs now, just walking fast or just walk, you know, incline walks, 
swimming. I love swimming. Yeah. So my teacher yeah, was... Same this morning went for a swim. I know you're a great swimmer as well. You'll appreciate this. He was... He was swimming, so he'd jump in the ocean three hours a day, and they go, they go with this cruise. All he did, so Unreal. he was training eight hours a day, seven days a week for decades. Yeah, right. So that's why maybe he took a liking to me because he saw like, oh, there's another one that's doing that, you yeah. know. Um, but yeah, they would go for swims, and what they said, they said he would swim like his strokes were very slow and very graceful. But they said as we're swimming, it, um, he'd be swimming circles around us. You know, and like he, they'll go. His wife said, "Like we'll, we'll go to Lama Island." He'd jump out halfway and he'd swim. He'd swim to Lama, and he'll meet him there like three hours later and stuff. Yeah. So it was a bit of. He loved the ocean um, yeah. as well. So he's the one that got. There's that economy swimming. of movement again, though. Just give um What was his name? The Russian guy, Alexander Popov. He was the most beautiful swimmer. So in swimming, I think he held the 50 meter. Um, swimming record, world record for 12 years, which yeah, is unheard yeah. of for that event. Yeah, and right. his coach, Turetsky, he would stop him training before his form would be compromised due to fatigue. Mm. And so you'd watch a 50-meter um, sprint in the, the, the swimming freestyle, and you'd see all these power athletes, and imagine the analogy would be, you know, let's say Popov was in lane four. In lanes one, two, three, not four because that's where he was, five, six, seven, whatever – it's a heavy metal music yeah, playing, yeah, yeah. and then Alexander Popov coming down the middle, winning. Mozart, with the most, yeah. yeah, it's just Mozart, just beautiful yeah, form, and yeah. moving Dave on the beach or, or watching you yes, do, do your, yeah, your practice. Yeah. yeah, it's purification, man. Yeah. I think it's the art of it. And you can, you can. Musicians are the same. There's, a, there's a, just yeah. a, you know, they call it the flow state as well. There is, there is something yeah. to do with it, but, but, um. But yeah, so swimming is my thing. Swimming is what I like to do for cardio. Nice. Um, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu as well. I mean, I've been injured, so I haven't been doing that for, for some months now. But that's something I really liked as well because that's a, that is a, they call it a weak man's you know, art as well in terms of martial art. You're supposed to be able to take take care of someone much bigger than you, much stronger than you, which is very aligned with, with Wing Chun as well. Um, so I know your son, is he, is he, he's doing Wing Chun with you? So he's doing Wing Chun, yeah, yeah. yeah. He is he doing any Chun. BJJ as well? Not yet. He's eight, you yeah. plenty of time, boys. Yeah, plenty of time, yeah. Kidding. So he's, and he's, he's not, and when he, you might hear this when he's a little bit old, but he's not the most coordinated, like mm-hmm. compared to his sister, my, my daughter's five, um, but he's, uh, compared to his sister, yeah, the, he's, the core is very weak. He's got bow legs and stuff like that. So I'm trying to build him from the ground up. I'm trying to just get him to do planks and yeah. hang and little, you know, I'm just trying to strengthen yeah. him up and then just do Wing Chun. So he can... And your daughter, is she doing Wing Chun? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah. does the very young kids, guys. Cute ass. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I just, she's just, yeah. I just want him to be around it and watch, yeah, me, watch yeah. their dad do it in the morning and not push them, you know. So yeah. they just do the Sunday classes with me. I don't teach kids. I've just started taking Sundays. Because I can't twist any of the other teachers' arms to do Sundays, right? <laughs> it's family day, <laughs> so I go there. Joys of running and owning a business. Yeah, yeah, so that's 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 the family day where we go. So the two kids do the two kids classes there, and um, um, but yeah, I just want them to be around it and not push them. And yeah. I hope that that's that's they'll they'll you know they'll get into it. They'll want to get into it rather yeah. than me forcing them to get into it because. Um, because I've seen, I've, there's been a lot of examples of people that, you know, their dad's really good at something and they, they don't want to do it because they, maybe they were pushed into it. So I'm yeah. trying not to push him, but eh, whatever happens, happens. My next question. So two questions, actually. Yeah. What would Nima today say to Nima back then when he was 16, 17, running around and getting in a bit of trouble? And what, what would you, what would the guy of today say to that bloke? Um, I would, I would tell him not to worry too much. I spent my whole life worrying about stuff, you know, which has been good in some ways. It's just, again, it's a defense mechanism. It's been good in some ways because I'm always overprepared. Mm. You know, if I do a seminar, I've been doing seminars around the world for so long, right? But if I do a seminar now, 
um, I'm, three months before it, I'm starting to prepare, and it's just a, like a two days or three hour seminars. But the amount of notes that I have of what exactly what I'm going to do on the plane, I'm reviewing it the day before I'm reviewing it. I can talk Wing Chun like for hours without <laughs> any preparation, right? Yeah. But but so it's it it sort of makes me um, really over prepare for stuff and, and try to think three moves ahead and stuff like that. So it's been good in that sense, but it's it's it just it's very draining to be to be you know to to have that as a as a as a reflex of no matter what happens you think about the worst and you you worry a lot and mm. stuff like that there's a lot of fear there's a lot of fear in me a lot of a lot of my um a lot of my i would say achievements have been due to due to stem from fear and then mm. i've learned as i've matured that okay i can shape it differently and stuff like that but i would say just it's okay things will be fine you know there's always the sun always comes up the next day that's all just pat him on the back and say just chill out man and then what would you say to your dad? What would I say to my dad? That's a tough one, man. That's a tough one. If I was back then, um, if it was still around, I don't know. I would, I would, I would want to have a proper sit down to him and I would want to try to make him open up about his past, about his childhood. What he went through. What are you feeling? What are you, what are you going through? Rather than trying to school him or whatever. I just go, what are you feeling, man? Has any, I don't think anyone ever told him, anyone ever asked him that question. So in the end, you know, and I think about it, like to do what he did, you know, it, it was cornered, you know, the last 10, 12 years, um, longer it, uh, of before he, he did what he did, I didn't talk to him. So we were living in the same house for six years, right? Mm. Not a word. Not, not, not hello, not even swearing, nothing. So imagine that, like, you know, yeah. they, even what he, he was a chain smoker, it was always outside smoking. So every time I came home or went out, I'd have to go past him. And just the, 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 the opposite magnetic sort of feel that we, I would feel as I'm walking past him was quite tough, you know. But now in hindsight, thinking about it, he really did love my sister. And why he did what he did, I don't know. Um, I don't get because he, he was losing, he, he'd lost his mind, right? Mm-hmm. So who knows? How can you? Deep, see deep inside someone that's lost their mind but on the path down to losing the mind I, there must have been so much suffering even the act of um, you know my brother said he he, he he it was obviously preemptive you know he had got a ladder ready the rope and everything like that um, so to, to do that for the days yeah. and weeks coming up to it imagine what you're going through right mm. so the, I actually not to sound here and sound like I'm a you know whatever but I actually have a lot of um, I have a lot of, I feel sorry for him. Mm. I feel sorry for him, you know, because I, I understand now the workings of the mind, going through what I went through, witnessing, what, uh, watching the way my kids are coming up, <laughs> interacting with so many kids in the kids' classes, you know. Mm. Pure little things. Everyone's born pure, right? So he must have been. Of course he was. Mm. So what happened? So tell me about what happened, man. And, you know, maybe when you start to talk about it, and, and that, that might start to open things up. So I'll just... I'll just have a sit down with him and ask him, tell me what you're feeling. Yeah. And then your mum? What is, you don't have to, what would you say? What would you say to your mum? Hamas, uh, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, Mervash, yeah. Mervash, sorry, I sorry, Mervash. I would just say thank you, man. I would just say thank you and, you know, and, you know, just like, like you, you know, strong woman, just a, just, just, just a heart of gold and, and just say thank you. Just say thank you. Sorry for what we had to go through, but everyone's got their own path. You know, yeah. who knows? Who knows? Who knows what life is about? Who knows yeah. past lives? Who knows, right? Yeah, yeah. But for whatever it's reason, it? to try to work it out and enjoy it as much as you can. But there's good and bad. Don't get me wrong. When I say fun, I'm not being flippant. Sometimes the the hardest look at your life. You you yeah. had the period of time with the ultimate challenge where you know you you you're around 
really hard times, but look at what you've created, let's say. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It is fun. It's a game to be played. That's the way to look at life. It's it, ups and downs. It's part of the game, right? Mm. It's a game to be played. But, you know, for whatever reason, we get dealt the cards. We, we get given the cards that we're dealt, you know, and... and um, and uh, I would just say to her, hats off. She didn't give up. She still hasn't given up, you know. So going through, my life has been hard. Her life has been 10 times as hard. But she still puts on a smile on her face. She still, when she sees my kids, when she sees us, she's still, you know. So I'll say hats off to you. You know, you're an inspiration to, to uh, a testament to what a human being can go through mm. and still be able to be kind and giving, you know, which is, which is very powerful. It's so easy to be bitter yeah. and, and blame um uh, everything that happens, blame your own. Uh, because of what I've been through, of course I'm going to get angry. Of course I'm going to be violent or I'm going to take drugs or I'm going to do this to my body or other people or I'm going to shoot up a school. Or, it's so easy to do that. That's mm. an easy thing to do. Mm. It's very difficult to go, all right, this has happened to me. What can I do to help others? You know, that's a, that's a different thing. That's, that's what my mom is. Or like, even so. confront, the, you call it the monkey mind. Do we even stop for a second and confront... What, why are you thinking this way? And then yeah. bring awareness and, and to try to develop the tools that you have to ch- shared with so many people that you've developed through Wing Chun is that, that was your method, but you've yeah. developed some tools to be able to handle that. Yeah. Um, find yeah. that relaxation, not just in physical yeah. movement, the economy of movement, but also in the way that you respond. Mate, it's such a gift. You know, I've got, I got students, online students, again, that I've never met in person. Um, some of them That's so going cool, through, yeah, man, so especially good. through COVID. Good on you, mate. Seriously, especially through COVID, going through stuff yeah. like like some of them suicidal, some of them saying like that, and then you know it's so heartwarming, man. Like brings me to tears because they they you know I get a voice message from their five year old kid. Uh, thank you, Sifunima. <laughs> thank you very much for what you done for my family. I've not done anything. I'm just like I'm just you know if I hear someone's in trouble, I send them a WhatsApp. Hey, how's yeah. it going? And they're like, wow, you're so you know people saying, look, I'll go for the for the bottle of uh, whiskey. I reach for it. And I, because of your, you know, the online school, because of you or whatever, because of the practice, I, I, I do the silent I choose the silent nice. and really, like, really helps save people's life. And it's not me. I'm just a messenger. I'm just a vessel, right? It's, and it's not him. It's not my teacher. He was just a vessel. It's the art. It's the practice. It's the, it's the, it's this thing, which is, uh, you know. Turning up on the mat, isn't it? Yeah. It's turning up on the mat. It's turning up. Yeah. It's turning up on the mat. Turn, just turning up for life and be there. How would I find that online program? So the online, so it's, it's called uh, mindfulwingchun.online. .online. And that's the name of your studio here in, in Hong Kong. If anyone's in Hong Kong listening to this, I would do your best and in a very relaxed way, run around and <laughs> knock on Neva's door, yeah. say, hey. Uh, yeah, but yeah. that's how we can find you online. Is there social media handles that... that yeah, could- so basically all of our all of our social, on YouTube, you can check out, so you can see videos of Choshun Tin, the guy that I was just talking about. That's um, cool. To see it for yourself. So that's called, just called Mindful Wing Chun. Uh, Mindful, Mindful, Wing Chun is W-I-N-G space C-H-U-N. And same with uh, Instagram and Facebook. And I've got my own Facebook pages, Nima King. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Can you send me all those links and I'll put it on the episode description? Sure, sure. Brilliant. Mate, awesome. thanks so much for that chat. Pleasure. Thank that you. That was an hour and 37. It went like oh, five nice, minutes. Nice. Thank you very much for having me, man. Thank nice. you. And it was, it's the first time I sort of opened up about the family, you know, publicly. So um, it just felt like, thanks to you, just for the energy felt right. So, yeah. Awesome. Thanks for sharing, mate. Pleasure, and thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. That was great, wasn't it? Far out. That was great. Cheers. Uh, we'll be back. Or I'll be back in two weeks' time with the next episode of the Joint Dynamics Intelligent Movement Series podcast. Until then, see you later. See you, Emma. Cheers, guys.